1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. Welcome to the show that's brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. Today, our special topic is going to be retirement planning, options, IRA accounts, and most importantly, what are some of the things that you might be able to do this time of year between now and year end that will save money and save taxes? I don't know of anybody that doesn't want to pay fewer taxes, less taxes, save money on taxes. And I'd like to begin by saying good Sunday morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Michael, thank you for being a faithful guest. Two weeks um, in a row now. <laughs> two weeks in a row. My my wife pooped out on me this this morning and yep. couldn't couldn't get here after all. So uh, we'll have to fix that some other fashion, I guess. That's right. <laughs> but um, she thought she had, or she didn't remember that I had asked her to be on the show this morning, yeah. basically. <laughs> so thank you for being here. But um, I don't think there's anything more important. Well, now there are some more important things. I guess your health is the most important thing, and then your family is your most important yeah. thing, uh, and then your finances and how much money you can save or earn or pay off debts. But you know what? If you're not paying attention to taxes, then you're really missing out on a lot. I have one client, for example, right now that hasn't filed tax returns for about five years. Hmm. And you know what? She's going to get refunds, mm -hmm. but she can't go back five years for refunds. She can only go back three years for refunds. Huh. And her refunds are significant because I saw some of the ones from earlier years. Mm -hmm. I've actually talked to her tax preparer, her CPA. Uh, she might even be listening this morning. But in those years where she did file, she received a refund between five and $6,000. Hmm. And so I've assumed that that's the money that she's left on the table. So for the most recent three years, she can go back and file a tax return and mm -hmm. claim her refund. But the prior years, that's she's the government's money. Hmm. Yep. So that's a good amount of money that she's losing for it's those a, two years. It's a heck of a lot of money. You really have to pay attention to taxes, and taxes, unfortunately, are a way of life. And I want to remind everybody that at USA Wealth Group, we have some really very helpful tax summaries. And if you want to call our office, we'd be happy to send a copy to you. There isn't any obligation. There's no cost. One is called T Key Tax Changes from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It's a two-page document. Um, unfortunately, it has my picture on the front of it, so you'll have to put up with that. <laughs> but other than that, it talks about income tax brackets, the standard deduction, the alternative minimum tax, medical expenses, miscellaneous deductions, the new SALT limitation. SALT stands for state and local taxes. Mm. And that's now under the new tax act limited to $10,000. But you have to also be able to claim itemized deductions to be concerned about that. Mm. And right now, Mike, I want to tell you that only about 25% of all tax filers in this country are filing tax returns with itemized deductions. Mm. It's usually more advantageous for most people to claim the standard deduction. A little easier, but that's part of the new uh, tax bill as well. The standard this, deduction went up quite a bit from yep. the old law, didn't it? So the standard deductions have gone up, and what I want to tell you mostly is um, it used to be uh, $6,350 for a single person. 
it's now up to $12,000. And there's no more personal exemption, for example. That's a little complexity, but basically um, this little key tax changes guide is available to everybody. We also have something else that we get from one of our wholesaler companies. It's called the 2019 Tax Summary. And this is a really useful document also. And it's also on two pages. This has information about what all the tax brackets are. So if somebody asks you sometime, what tax bracket am I in? If you have this little guide in front of you, and I think this is in all the conference rooms in the office, if you make, if you're married and joint and you make zero to $19,400, you're in the 10% tax bracket. And that's confusing for people because they think, does that mean I'm going to have to pay 10% of my income for taxes? The answer is no. We have something called the marginal rate. So what it basically means is that everything over that, you start paying 10% as a rate. Okay. Um, and you may pay zero underneath that. So this has married and joint tables, single rates, um, married separate, married uh, head of household, trust and estates, uh, talks about the standard deduction. So right now, this year, for a married couple, your standard deduction is $24,400. Hmm. So if you're making less than that, you're not going to owe any money for taxes Right. if you're married and filing jointly. Mm. For a single person, it's $12,200. This is a handy-dandy little chart. It tells you about how much money you can contribute to an IRA this year. Um, it tells you about how much money you can contribute to retirement accounts at work, like 401ks. Lots and lots of good information. Um, the annual gift exclusion. For example, everybody in this country, if you have a lot of money and you want to give it away, like grandparents, for example, to grandchildren for their education, you can give away $15,000 a year per person Mm -hmm. to an unlimited number of people. Right. So if you had, um, let's say, a pair of grandparents, they've got a lot of money, they want to help a grandchild, they can each give $15,000, total of 30. And the limit is for filing a gift uh, tax return, correct? Uh, that's that's basically correct, yes. So that's the $15,000 amount is called the annual exclusion amount. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do any filing if you give away that much money or less. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also a big misconception when people receive a gift. They think, am I going to have to report that as income on my income tax return? Right. The answer is no. Right. And I like to say you've done nothing to earn it. You've nothing maybe to deserve it. But you got it, but you didn't earn it. It's a gift. So it's a gift. Right. And you don't have to pay income taxes on a gift. And if you give away more than the 15000 All right, that's a good point, Mike. If you give away more than 15000 then you're supposed to file a gift tax return. Yep. But we have what's called a unified estate and gift tax system in mm-hmm. this country. So first of all, Massachusetts has no gift tax. So you don't have to file anything with the state of Massachusetts. But for the federal government... If you give away more than $15,000, you're supposed to file a gift tax return. And many people, I suspect, don't bother because there's no liability. You can give away as much as $11,400,000, excuse me, eleven million four hundred thousand dollars and you won't owe a penny in gift tax. Right. But you, I think most people think that if you give away more than $15,000, uh, you're going to pay a tax on it. Nope. 
So it's really only the very wealthy who make very large gifts that have to be concerned about that. Mm -hmm. But because we have this unified gift and estate tax exemption from taxation in the federal tax law, if you use up part of your exemption during your lifetime, let's say you give somebody $1,015,000, the first 15,000 is covered under the annual exclusion. The next million dollars, it's not going to be taxable either as Mm -hmm. a gift when you make it, but it's going to use up a million dollars of your death exemption. Okay. So that's why it's called the unified system. So the purpose of filing the return is just for the IRS to keep track of how much you've given away. Precisely. But again, most people say, well, I don't have that large an estate, and I'm not going to have to pay any taxes on it, Mm -hmm. and they just don't bother. Hmm. So on the back side of this sheet, Um, There's also very uh, useful information. There's detailed information about Social Security, uh, what's the maximum wage base, which is $132,900. So if you make up to $132,900 per person, you have to contribute to Social Security. If you make more than that, then you don't pay Social Security tax on the excess over that amount. But lots and lots of useful information. Uh, There's information on IRA beneficiaries and what some of your choices are. And if you would like to have a copy of the 2019 tax summary or the key tax changes, just call the office, 508-998-8858. We'd be happy to send one to you. Hmm. Or you can email too, I'm sure. You could email the office. That's a good thought. Do you know what my email address is? What is it, info at usawealthgroup.com? Yes, info at usawealthgroup.com. Thank you for reminding me I'm sleepy this morning. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Mike and I were comparing our sleeping habits. Well, here's a first quotation today from Anonymous. Our founding fathers objected to taxation without representation. They should see it today with representation. Mm. What are we running now, a $23 trillion deficit at the federal level and um yeah but taxes unfortunately are part of our life Mm -hmm. there's more verses in the internal revenue code than there are in the bible (laughs) did you know that mike it's not getting any shorter either (laughs) no it just grows every year well the fact is when you look at the internal revenue code and you need somebody to help you interpret it if you have questions then you're looking at something that is nothing but a huge collection of loopholes because Mm -hmm. most of the tax code is built on loopholes. Here's a quick example. Hmm. Let's say you own a house and you have a mortgage and you have to pay a mortgage payment to the bank. If you itemize your deductions, you can deduct the interest that you pay on your home mortgage. Hmm. So that's a specific section of the Internal Revenue Code And basically, it was put there because Congress at some point thought that it was an important thing to encourage home ownership. And every once in a while, they talk about eliminating that provision so they can have more tax dollars go into the federal treasury. Um, The problem is it would seriously disrupt the housing market, Mm -hmm. the real estate market in this country. Now, if you have a question about taxes, can you just call the IRS? Is that Um, something that works? They (laughs) used to do that. They don't really do that anymore. Okay. The, the first obstacle is that it takes 45 minutes to an hour on hold mm-hmm. just to get through to talk to somebody. Yeah. And uh, I had a funny experience a, a few years ago. 
I was talking to an IRS agent who had just retired, and he was a client. I was helping him with his retirement planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've represented three separate IRS agents mm. in the past who've retired, okay. and they need planning and assistance also. Yeah. And I said, boy, it's, it's so tough to get through to the IRS on the telephone. I said, you must have an easier time. You must have a special number you can call. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, no. He said, if we want to call another office, we have to get on the regular line and wow. sit on hold just like everybody else does. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't seem fair. <laughs> no, but if you wonder why sometimes our country is screwed up, this is yeah. one of the reasons why. I actually tried that recently. I tried calling the IRS. I got someone on the phone. Uh-huh. And she asked me a whole bunch of questions, put me on hold, came back, asked me more questions. So I was about half an hour in. Yep. I had to put her on hold to go get something, and I lost the connection. <laughs> so after all that. And you'll never get that person no, back again. <laughs> no. You, there's no direct line to. No, you talk to people all over the country when you yeah. talk into the IRS. Yeah. Albert Einstein once said, the hardest thing in the world to understand is the income tax. Mm-hmm. And he was a pretty smart guy. He was a mathematician. Yes. But it is uh, very difficult to understand the tax code. And that's one of the things that we do in our office. Um, one of the things in my own background is that I have a Master of Laws in Taxation. And that's that has um, helped me a lot over the years. And it's helped me do research when I need to do research. You can't keep it all in your head. Um, you simply can't. But I want to talk a little bit about some year-end tax planning things that everybody should be thinking about. And we're going to talk as part of this process about uh, some of the things that are connected with retirement accounts. Because one of the biggest tax benefits or breaks that you can do is to stuff some more money into an IRA account or a 401k account if you work. Mm -hmm. Because if you do that and you qualify for taking a deduction, and not all contributions to IRAs are deductible. Mm -hmm. For most people, they are, but when you reach certain income thresholds, um, you no longer can deduct, or it phases phases out the amount that you can deduct if you make larger income amounts. But I've helped many, many people over the years, Mike, with, with this simple concept. You get down near the end of the year, why don't you do some forecasting? Um, You know, I mentioned that Most people are no longer able to claim itemized deductions, but you can still make a contribution to your retirement future by putting money into an IRA account. Hmm. And if you do that, um, there's two dates in mind. One, you can do it in the year 2019. You can do it this year. You can also do it next year up until April 15th before you file your tax return. So two things have to happen. One, you can't have filed your income tax return until you got to do it before April 15th. Okay. So if all of a sudden maybe you're fortunate enough you got a year-end bonus and you said, you know what, I don't need the money this year, um, if you haven't filed your income tax return next year and it hasn't reached April 15th yet, you can make a contribution in 20, uh, 2020 mm-hmm. and claim a deduction if you're eligible for that. Yep. Uh, against your 2019 income. Hmm. And could you do that past April 15th if you've no. done an extension to file? No. No. Okay. No, that's not eligible for that. But that's that's a good question. So, no, it's a very strict requirement. I've used that many, many times. I've had people, for example, let's say in 2019, they hadn't filed their tax return yet. It's January and February. 
and they're sitting down with me for the first time. And I said, did you make an IRA contribution for 2018? And they said, no. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you can put in you know, X dollars for 2018, and you can also add money right now for 2019. Mm. So interesting. You can set up a yeah. retirement account for yourself. And what are the lim- are there limits to the amount that you can contribute to an IRA? Yes, uh, there are, and I'm going to go through that right now. Okay. And I want to have the page in front of me. Um, so, let's see. I'm looking at the tax rates, but basically, it's uh, six thousand dollars. Anybody can make an IRA contribution of six thousand dollars. But if you're over the age of 50, if you're 50 or over, you can make $7,000. They call that a catch-up provision. Hmm. Not catch-up, but catch-up <laughs> provision. Sorry. Um, so that's worth taking a look at, and I, I use this a lot. Sometimes people will confuse the fact that they can put money into an IRA account with uh, their required minimum distribution. Mm. You cannot do that in the following year. You, you have, have to do to it, it in this particular year. Okay. So if you're age 70 and a half and older and you have to take um, your required minimum distribution from your IRA account, first of all, typically you're not going to be contributing anything after age 70 anyway. That's a restriction. But don't confuse the fact that if you're required to take any required minimum distribution from the IRA, uh, this year, you have to do that before the end of the year, before December 31st. Okay. And there's a pretty steep penalty if you don't do that. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, it can be as much as a, it, it can be a 50% penalty can the be, amount yeah. that you didn't take out. Hmm. Um, there are some ways around that. Um, it's complicated. Um, the IRS has experienced this enough times that they actually have a particular form for it. So one of the publications that I subscribe to is called Ed Slot's IRA Advisor, and uh, it's great detailed information. I want to talk about taxes uh, again in a minute and tax preparation. But um, year-end planning for IRAs is critically important. So for this particular year that we're in right now, you can make your contribution into your IRA this year, or you can also do it up until April 15th of next year, as long as you haven't filed your tax return. And um, so basically, um, there's a couple of other really important IRA rules that I want to mention before we talk about some other year-end tax planning things that you can do. So I have a client right now who is over 70 and a half, has already started taking required minimum distributions but he doesn't need the money and he has a particular charity that he likes to contribute to every year. And so what he does is he instructs the IRA company and we helped him because he has one IRA that we did for him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's in a deferred indexed annuity making good money for him. But he wanted his RMD, his required minimum distribution to go directly to the charity. Okay. And that's called a QCD, Qualified Charitable Deduction. Hmm. Um, And it's a good thing I remember that because they didn't explain it in this article. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happens is instead of taking the money into your account, let's say you're required to take Mm $5,000. If you take the $5,000 in, 
you pay ordinary income tax on that money. Mm-hmm. It's taxable IRA. Um, and then you say, well, I'm going to make a $5,000 contribution now to my charity. You don't get a full $5,000 deduction necessarily. Okay. Uh, there's limitations on how much you can deduct. And so a better way to do it, if you know you want to do this every year, instead of taking your required minimum distribution, you instruct the person who has the IRA, who's the custodian, make the contribution directly to the charity. Hmm. Make sure you get a receipt for it. Um, You won't get a deduction for making the contribution to the charity, but neither do you have to pick up the $5,000 as income and pay taxes on it. Now, can that be done for educational expenses as well? Is that something that could be done? Uh, It could be. um, But again, if you're making a contribution to an educational institution, um, then that's deductible all by itself. Oh, okay. I see. But they would be a qualified recipient Hmm. of the money. So the rules are complicated. I don't want to go into any more detail than that because, um, you know, your eyeballs are going to close and yeah. your eyelids are going to close <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a lot sleepy stuff. But the most important point I want to make is that IRAs are not simple. If you have questions, we can sit down with you. We can help show you how to set them up. We can show you how to take the deductions. We can tell you whether or not you're eligible to take a deduction. And, um, One last thing I want to say about IRAs in particular, and that's what happens if you're an IRA beneficiary? Mm -hmm. This is an important thing. So I see people a lot, and I'm dealing with some, even, um, you know, last week and this week, people who have received um, an IRA, they're a beneficiary, and they want to know, what are my options? Well, first of all, for any beneficiary of any kind of an IRA or 401k, if the person who was the owner has died and you're now the beneficiary and you're going to get the money, um, number one, you have to take required minimum distributions, mm-hmm. and people don't realize that. Even if you're under 70. Yep. Yeah. It's called an inherited IRA, and you must take a distribution. Uh, you must take your required minimum distribution every year. But what do you do about reporting the money? Well. If you don't get good advice and you take all the money as one lump sum, you're really going to get stung badly on taxes because mm-hmm. you're going to have to report that income on top of any other income you've got. Mm-hmm. And it's going to pop you up into a higher tax bracket. Yep. And you're actually going to lose a higher percentage than if you had taken it out over your life expectancy, let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So the rules about uh, inheriting an IRA and being named the beneficiary, don't automatically jump for joy and say, good, give me the check and go put the check in my checking account. Yeah. You're really going to get burned on taxes. So you should definitely get some advice before you do Get anything. some advice. Yeah. Talk to a tax preparer who knows what they're doing. Talk to a tax accountant. Come talk to us in our office, and we'll show you what your options are. And the worst option typically is don't take it as a lump sum. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend money that you don't have to. Okay. You can stretch it out over a longer period of time. It makes much more sense to do that. And we're talking about traditional IRAs here, right? Yes. I know there are two kinds. There are Roths. Yep. Roth IRAs. I think I'm going to save Roth IRAs for just after the break. Okay. Um, Probably a lot more people ought to be thinking about doing Roth conversions Mm -hmm. than actually do it. People say, well, I've heard that you have to pay income taxes on it if I convert. The answer is yes, you do. Mm -hmm. But now all the money is going to grow in the future with 
no taxes to pay in the future when you go to take the money out. Hmm. So think about this for a second, Mike. Taxes right now are as low as they have been. The brackets are low and the rates are as low as they've been, well, for two years, a little mm-hmm. over two years when yeah. the current tax bill went into effect. But two and a half years from now, the rates are poised to go back into effect again that were in, in effect a couple of years ago. The rates are going to go up. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I don't care who's in Congress or the Senate or anything else. That's what the law says now. And when you're running this kind of a deficit we are in the country, I think that those rates are going to go back up again. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you have a traditional IRA uh, and you take money out, you're going to be paying at a higher rate in the future. Maybe you're better off now. Sometimes we say taxes are on sale. Mm -hmm. Do a conversion to a Roth now and you'll save tax money in the long run. Hmm. We'll talk about that and a little bit more about some things that you can do for uh, year-end tax planning. And we're going to do that very shortly, right after a quick break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to start the second half of our show today by reading you something from the Bible, um, because it is a Sunday after all. So this is from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Hmm. And guess what? Things have never changed since then. <laughs> That's for sure. Have they, Mike? No. Nope. So the point of that is obviously taxes have been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They've been around since Greek times and Roman times yeah. and the time of Augustus Caesar and biblical times. We've had taxes for a long time. They're not going away, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no. the more you can learn about taxes, the more you can work with you know, a company like USA Wealth Group, the more we can help you so you don't pay any more taxes than what you have to. So the IRS code is there to say um, if you meet certain requirements, you have to pay taxes, but it also says that um, you only have to pay those taxes that you have to pay. Mm -hmm. And if you're paying more, it's because you haven't done something to plan for it. They won't tell you, will they, if you're paying too much? No, 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 (laughs) not usually, no. They'll tell you if you made an error on the return. Oh, okay. So I suppose in that sense they would. Yeah. But uh, welcome back to Attorney Michael Coleman also. Now, Mike, I know in, in your uh, law firm, uh, Lance Law, Inc., you get involved in doing estate tax returns, don't you? We do, yeah. Different so, kind of a tax situation. Yep. Here in Massachusetts, there is a, an estate tax. Not every state has one, but Massachusetts does have one. So if an individual has assets over a million dollars, including real estate and life insurance and mm-hmm. retirement accounts and all that, there's going to be an estate tax, right. potentially. So we do planning to minimize or eliminate estate taxes for our clients. So when you sit down to do planning, besides looking at people's assets and who their family is, you want to make sure they're not going to pay any more taxes than right. they have to. Right. Yeah, the, the Massachusetts exemption is fairly low at a million. The, the federal exemption now is over $11 million, Yeah, so. $11.4 million. Yeah. Um, so if you're a married couple, the good news today, ladies and gentlemen, is if you're a married couple, you're going to have $22.8 million in assets in your estate, yeah. and you won't pay any estate taxes. <laughs> I guess you wouldn't mind paying some tax if you have that much money. Well, you'd be surprised. Oh, okay. We sometimes <laughs> meet with people who um, are worth that much, not not often, but sometimes we do. So um, I always like quotations from Ronald Reagan. He had some good things to say. 
or either that or he had a really good writer working mm-hmm. for him. I'm not sure which. That's right. He said, here's the definition of a taxpayer. Taxpayer is someone who works for the government but doesn't have to take a civil service examination. Hmm. <laughs> That's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> he was a good writer, though. Didn't he write a lot of letters to yeah, his he wife? Did. And, yeah. and I'll give you one more ancient quotation just to show you that the subject of taxes has gone back a really long time. This is from the Greek philosopher Plato. Where there is an income tax, the just man will pay more and the unjust less on the same income. Mm. That's true even today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's why sometimes we see people in the paper who have you know, not reported all their income and mm-hmm. they have falsified income tax returns and sometimes it catches up with you and that's called tax evasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, lawful avoidance of tax is okay. Mm-hmm. Evasion of tax is a crime. Right. There's a difference. Right. So, let's talk about some things that we could do for uh, year-end. And um, I want to get away from uh, the subject of retirement plan for just a little bit and talk about some things that we could do for year-end. So, first of all, we did have a tax reform. It first went into effect in the year 2018, so we're now in the second year, and it's designed to go back to the old rates that we had before. So corporate tax rates were reduced to 25% maximum. It's also estimated that at least 25% of all the corporations in this country pay zero income tax, which is pretty astounding when you think about it. It is. So corporations have had a lot of breaks anyways, but for an individual... The brackets were low, so the highest income tax bracket right now for an individual is 37%. Did you know that around the time of World War I, the highest individual income tax bracket was 90%? Wow. So, um, and most people weren't anywhere near that, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it did capture some people. So there was a lot of tax avoidance and Mm -hmm. tax planning at that time also. And that corporate rate rate went down quite a bit. It went down from 39% to 20%. Yeah, it did. And the theory is that um, if you had corporations paying less in taxes, they'd be able to hire more people or mm-hmm. spend more money to upgrade their, their plant and equipment and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. And that would be a stimulus to the economy. But I've read so many reports lately that talk about, and I think I might even have one here, Yeah, we've had job increases in this country, Mm -hmm. but we really have not had true income uh, raises in this country. Mm. Uh, Our cost of living based upon income uh, has actually gone back down to about a 2006 level. Mm. So when you see the job reports on television that, you know, 150,000 new jobs were added this past month, um, you really have to take it with a a grain of salt Mm. because... What it means is that a lot of part-time jobs were added, a lot of entry-level jobs were created, um, but in terms of real wages, um, the economy is not doing as well right now mm-hmm. in terms of what people are earning, what they can afford. And it's frankly, it's a question I would throw out to anybody who's listening today. You know what it costs to buy food, groceries, gasoline, anything else that you have to spend money for. Your money doesn't go as far as it did. Right. You know, even two years ago or five years ago. Yeah, the prices always seem to go up. Yep, they do, and, they, and <coughs> income doesn't keep uh, pace with that. 
So first thing you need to do, and if you're looking about doing some tax planning, is figure out what your tax bracket is. And some of these tax charts that I've mentioned, you ought to take a look at that. But if you don't know what your tax bracket is, then you're operating a little bit in the dark. And um, the, um, the rates, for example, if you make zero to $9,700 and you're single, you don't owe any income tax at all. Uh, 9700 to 39475 So let's say you make just under $40,000. Your tax is going to be $970 plus 12% of everything over this $9,700 base. Hmm. That's why it's really what they call a marginal tax bracket. But if you don't know where your tax bracket is, and you should, then it really makes it hard to plan because what if you had an opportunity to pick up some additional income in December of this year? Mm -hmm. Maybe you ought to defer that to next year because if you take it in this year, it may kick you up to a higher tax bracket. It's going to cost you more in taxes. So if you do a bonus or something like that, you can ask to push it off until next year? Uh, that's a possibility. There are ways to defer income and simply not take it in. But we've got copies of all the brackets. The second thing is if you're going to sell something, should you sell it this year? Should you sell it next year? Hmm. Um, we've got the charts that show what the capital gains rates are as well. And if you were going to make a selling decision, selling a house, let's say, if you're going to have to recognize any income tax, you really ought to know what the capital gains rates are and whether you're going to have to pay any. Hmm. And by the way, if you are thinking about selling, um, let me just mention quickly that if you have a house and you're going to sell your house, the first $250,000 of capital gain is tax-free. That's another loophole, if you will, in the tax code. If you're a married couple, uh, you can exempt $500,000 of capital gain right. and not pay capital gains tax on it. On your principal residence? Um, it's, it's, it, this is on your principal residence, exactly. Um, but... The next thing you need to take a look at is tax credits. Uh, lower income households in particular are entitled to tax credits. And if you're uh, single and you have children, let's say income limit if no child, uh, it's $15,570. I'm not going to go into all that. But I want to say this. There's something called an earned income tax credit that gives reductions in taxes to people who are in low or mid-level tax brackets. Hmm. If you don't know what those are, you should know them, and we're happy to provide this information to you. Just give us a call at 508-998-8858. We'd be happy to do that. There are other kinds of credits, and the thing with credits is that they're usually a dollar-for-dollar -dollar reduction of the amount of your income. So if you're eligible for any of these credits, you should know about them. You should certainly take advantage of them. So that's why it's important to you know, consult with someone who knows what they're doing, an accountant or a mm -hmm. CPA, or contact you at some right. point. There's another credit called the American Opportunity Tax Credit, um, and that can be pay as much as 100% of eligible tuition up to $2,000. Then it goes up a little bit from there as well. There's a lifetime learning tax credit. There's a saver's tax credit to encourage people to save money. You can get a tax credit for contributions to IRAs. 
Um, if you don't know what these credits are, you should do it. I had a lot of people at the beginning of this year, Mike, who basically came in and said they had just done their taxes and they were shocked to find out they had to pay taxes for the first mm. time. Yep. They were comfortable and used to getting tax refunds. Mm. So here's something interesting that I mentioned last year and I'm going to mention it again now. Although the tax rates have gone down, the withholding brackets, the withholding amounts also changed. The amounts that employers are required to withhold have also dropped. Hmm. Okay. And um, one of the reasons is that the government wants to have money coming into the treasury more quickly. Mm-hmm. But So a lot of people were caught short um, for 2018 because they ended up having to pay money in taxes and they were anticipating getting a refund. Hmm. Or they counted on getting a large refund and they got a much smaller refund. You can change withholding amounts, right? Yes, and that's a really interesting point for right now. If you can do some kind of forecasting of what your income tax is going to be this year and you think that you don't have enough withholding to cover it, you can put money and you can increase your withholding right now between now and the end of the year. And unlike quarterly tax payments, which are only measured by the quarters that you put them in, withholding is considered to be um, for the entire year. So you could put a bunch of money into withholding in December if you thought you were going to get stung in taxes and Hmm. have to pay. Interesting. And it counts for the whole year. Okay. Um, It's good to know. It's it's a really important point, and a lot of people don't know that simple little point. Um, The next thing you want to look at is tax deductions. So I mentioned earlier in this hour that um, fewer and fewer people are able to itemize, and that's because it's more cost-effective to claim the larger standard deduction. Mm -hmm. So you need to know that too. Maybe you itemized last year, but you're not sure you can do it this year. Well, you ought to know that because it might make a difference in paying something else that would allow you to become an itemized deducting person. Hmm. So, and then retirement planning. We talked about that a little bit. Um, If you have the ability to do it, if you've got a little free cash, I've had people sometimes say, well, I need the money in my savings account because I might do something, but they don't have much in a retirement account. Maybe you're better off if you take some of the money out of your savings account, stick it into an IRA account, Mm -hmm. particularly if you can get a deduction for it. Number one, you get to lower your income tax liability for Mm -hmm. this year. Number two, you're putting money aside for retirement. Hmm. So it has a double benefit. But um, Ben Franklin once said, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Mm -hmm. I've heard that one. You've heard that one before. Yeah, I have. (laughs) Have you heard this one from Will Rogers? The only difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets. That's true. <laughs> so, I have to chew on that one for a minute. Um, but, you know, lots of jokes about taxes. Mm-hmm. Taxes are with us. Um, I like to tell people sometimes that because of this new tax cut bill that we have, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they, they gave the name. They gave it a fancy name because they thought it was going to stimulate job creation. Mm but it's really a misnomer designed to help get the bill through Congress Hmm. and sell it to the public. Interesting. Um, But um, the interesting thing is that um, 
if you don't understand the key changes, um, then you're going to get penalized yourself. But my main point I want to make is very simple. Um, for this year, 2019, and for the next couple of years, I like to tell people that taxes are on sale. Mm-hmm. If you do something that's going to involve recognizing income, you're better off to do it now and over the next couple of years than you are to wait until the tax rates jump back up again. Hmm. And remember, everybody, this is an automatic provision. It's already built into the law. So now you're going to have, three years from now, you're going to have Congress saying to the public, well, I didn't create this law that says taxes have to go back up again. That was my predecessor who did it. So I'm not responsible for it. And by the way, we have a $25 trillion tax liability three years from now. And if we don't get more tax revenue in, how are we going to possibly tackle that deficit? Mm -hmm. So I think the likelihood is that we're not going to see these tax rates made permanent. Mm -hmm. There'll be political pressure to do that, but I don't think it's going to happen. So um, how about putting money aside for education? You can put money aside. Let's say if you're I keep using the example of a grandparent because I'm a grandparent. Mm -hmm. But you can put money aside into plans for education for children, and it's a great way to save money uh, tax-free. The money that accumulates in a 529 education plan for children, let's say, accumulates and grows uh, tax-deferred, but then when the money comes out later, it's totally tax-free. It's a little bit like a Roth IRA in that sense, in that um, all the interest that's accumulated, nobody's ever going to pay any income taxes on it, hmm. as long as it's used for education. Yep. Another good little planning technique that can be used. Um, there are some other things that I won't go into a lot of detail, but there are um, other education plans called Coverdell plans. There are health savings accounts. Sometimes companies won't have health insurance, but they'll have a health savings account, for example. Um, So how do you save money and put money aside? Here's a couple of quick little tips. Number one, automate your savings. Now, I do some things online. I do some banking things online. Mm -hmm. But I've always been a little bit reluctant to put everything online. I'm just a little cautious still, I guess. You mean like logging into an online account or... Or, or paying all my bills through oh, my bank. Every yeah. time I go in to look at my bank account online, I can't even look at my screen. The whole screen is blocked by a big message telling me I should sign up for online banking oh. <laughs> and pay all my bills online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people younger than me are doing that mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. The prediction is that in many countries, possibly including our country, um, that maybe 20 or 30 years from now, we won't be using cash anymore. Mm. Everything will be plastic and will be instantly in your bank or out of your bank. Yep. And, you know, we are working a lot in that direction. There are, there are some restaurants in, in certain states now that won't accept cash. They only accept credit cards, hmm. California in particular. Really? Can't pay, for, can't pay with cash. Wow. Um, so think about that. But you can automate your savings. You can save more money. Uh, if you think you're going to have a tax liability, have some more money go automatically into your bank account. Mm-hmm. So then you'll have money to pay taxes next year. I'm uh, sure there are services that allow you know a certain amount of money to be taken from your paycheck every you know week or biweekly that go directly into a savings account. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, people who are slightly in higher tax brackets have to be concerned about the alternative, <coughs> excuse me, alternative minimum tax. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also a Medicare surtax. <laughs> so if you are receiving Medicare benefits, um, you're paying for that whether you know it or not. And that's 65 and older is when you start receiving Medicare. Yep, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. But with Medicare, if you have a bump up in your income, um, they're going to start reducing your Social Security and putting more money onto your Medicare tax. Mm. So you're going to pay more for it. So, so if you go back to work and you're already taking uh, Social Security, you're going to suffer. Right. But um, <clears throat> there are many, many things you can do to try to reduce income. Uh, deferral until the following tax year is one, mm-hmm. and it gives you more opportunity to plan. If you are an investor and you have stocks and investments and securities, um, you're thinking about selling something, see if you're going to sell something that's going to produce a gain. Maybe you should sell something else that's going to produce a loss right? and match the gains up against the losses. Mm-hmm. That's another way to um, offset income so you don't get um, busted on income taxes. So if you have stocks that have maybe lost value and you're going to sell something that as a gain, you could do that at the same time. Is that? Yep, okay. you can do that, and you want to you want to plan that carefully, and you mm-hmm. still have time to do that between now and year end. Mm-hmm. The most important thing to tell you about um, taxes in general is that they never stay the same. The tax law is constantly changing. The interpretations are constantly changing. Uh, we happen to do a lot at USA Wealth Group with advising people on retirement planning. If you're not totally focused on taxes and you're retired or about to retire, then you're making a big mistake. Mm-hmm. You really need to include taxes as part of your equation. So yes, net capital gains and losses against each other, but you want to net short-term gains against short-term losses and long-term gains against long-term losses. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the normal route that you want to go. And then it gets a little bit more complicated you are allowed to still deduct losses if you sell securities and you have a loss, mm. and you can deduct up to $3,000. Mm. So again, if you're concerned about the stock market and you think you need to sell something, but you may have a loss, maybe you want to do it, and you want to do it because you can take up to $3,000 of your loss against your income. Mm. So that's all I'm going to say about capital gains and losses. We've got some really great handout material we're happy to provide or we're happy to talk to you about that. Um, Education planning, we've talked a little bit about. um, What we didn't talk much about, and we're running a little bit out of time, is Roth conversions. Mm -hmm. So a Roth conversion simply means you have a traditional IRA. Let me just pick a number and say it's $100,000. And you've been told by people that maybe you should convert it into a Roth. So when you do that, what you're really doing is you're selling the traditional IRA. Mm -hmm. If you're in a 20% tax bracket, it's going to cost you $20,000 in tax. Mm -hmm. You say, wow, that's a lot of tax to pay. Ideally, you'd pay the $20,000 in tax from some other asset, like a savings account. Put the whole $100,000 into a Roth. There's some limitations, but after five years, you can withdraw money from that totally tax-free. Unlike a traditional IRA, where it's always going to be 100% ordinary income tax. So I, you, I really think a lot more people should be looking at Roth conversions. Can you do like a partial conversion or is that? Sure. Okay. Yep. You can take part of your money and put part of it into a Roth. Yeah. 
And um, not only that, but then if your beneficiaries, your kids inherit the Roth, they're not going to be taxed on it either. Yeah. So if you think that taxes are lower now and they're likely to be higher a couple of years from now, this is the time to think about doing a Roth conversion. And because of the stretch um, provisions that might change. Yep. Um, we won't have a lot of time to talk about yeah. that today because we're really running to the conclusion of this hour. Um, but, um, yes, there is a bill that has passed the House of Representatives called the SECURE Act, mm. another fancy-sounding name for something that may Probably not really... Probably an acronym, really, right? Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what it stands for. Who knows for. what it stands yeah. for. So back at the time of the revolution in this country, uh, a gentleman named James Otis, who is from Massachusetts, said, taxation without representation is tyranny. Mm. And things haven't changed much since then, hmm. right? No. Well, <clears throat> as we wind up today, I just want to say again, uh, thank you very much for listening. I had one quotation that's got nothing to do with taxes, but I kind of liked it. And... I can quickly get it into my little hands here. Uh, here we go. This is from um, Francis of Assisi, St. Francis of Assisi. Start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. Hmm. I just like the quotation. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Take some time to do something and save some money on taxes, and we're happy to help you. Have a good weekend.